Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Advanced care planning. It's the latest buzzword in medicine and something everybody should think about. But what does it mean? When is it time to start thinking about it? Should you wait until you're really sick? Well, I don't think so. We have got a couple of experts. We've got a panel here today. We have Kristen Bathan from Ohana Medical Group, along with Kathleen Philbeck. And they're the first ones to start a clinic focusing on this very topic on the windward side. This is going to be on Oahu. Now, we'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes from anywhere in the islands, 941-3689 on Oahu. Toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. First in medical news, the FDA is looking into the safety of testosterone supplementation after another study reported an increase in the risk of heart attacks for those men on testosterone. Now, in this latest study published in the online journal PLOS1, men under 65 with pre-existing heart disease, there was an increased risk about two to three-fold times greater when using testosterone supplements. Now, for those older than 65, it was about twice as high. Now, these findings, in addition with the study published in November of last year from the Veterans Administration, have led to the recent scrutiny of testosterone supplements. At this time, complete discontinuation is not recommended, but a discussion with your doctor if you're taking testosterone is definitely in order. Now, next week on The Body Show, we'll talk with a cardiologist about how to assess your heart risk to know if you have pre-existing heart disease, which would make these supplements riskier for those under the age of 65. Now, speaking of heart risks, the Journal of the American Medical Association recently reported that a study done from the Centers for Disease Control noted that those who consume 21% of their daily calories from sugar have double the risk of cardiovascular death than those who consume the recommended less than 10% of sugar calories a day. Now, those who consume 25% or more triple their risk. The sugars to avoid, top on the list were sugar-sweetened drinks, followed by grain-based desserts, you know, like cookies and cakes and stuff, dairy desserts, but this did not include natural sugar from things like fruit or fruit juices that are not artificially sweetened. Well, what to do? See if you can find out how many calories you get from sugar, and if it's a significant portion of your daily intake, it may be making you a lot sicker than you think. Colon cancer screening, it may not be on your top 10 list of favorites, but there is an easier way. Recent studies have supported the use of fecal immunoassay testing, which has an overall diagnostic accuracy of 95%. Now, this is a test you can do at home. No dietary restrictions necessary. Makes the screening for colon cancer within anyone's reach. So, excuses be gone. Because previous methods that have been used, such as hemocult testing, their accuracy was questioned. But now, in the latest Annals of Internal Medicine just out this week, the immunoassay can be done by just about anyone who needs to do their colon cancer screening and is not too excited about the colonoscopy. Accidents happen. They're unpredictable, and sometimes we can go from being entirely healthy to hanging on with the help of machines. But for how long? And if you don't have a chance of getting better, what should you do when you can't speak for yourself? 
Well, we've got some experts in the studio today. We have Kristen Bathan from Ohana Medical Group, along with nurse practitioner Kathleen Philbeck, and they are going to give us some information on, really, what do you need to do to make sure that your wishes are followed when and if the time comes that you can't speak for yourself? You know, it's never too early. It's never too late. We're talking about advanced care planning. And if you've ever made advanced directives or had a situation where, boy, you wish a loved one had put that in writing, we'd like to hear from you. You can join us at 941-3689 on Oahu. Toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Kathy, Kristen, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's talk about a few statistics. The U.S. Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality noted about 10 years ago that less than 50% of the severely or terminally ill people had advanced directives. We'll talk about what that means in just a minute. About 12% had their doctor's input when they made it, but over 65% of doctors didn't know if a particular individual had an advanced directive or if it even existed. Now, this was a decade ago. Do you think we're better now? What are we doing to make this happen, Kristen? I think we're definitely getting better. Um, it's definitely, there's a lot of buzzword. It's kind of the new buzzword in healthcare. So you see a lot of it on, um, you know, the nightly news. Um, there's lots of organizations out there, um, compassionate care organizations. Uh, there's one called deathoverdinner.org um, that just promotes talking about it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a somber discussion, but something that's um a really beautiful gift to give to your family, you know, let them know what you want and what you don't want. Well, and you might be surprised when you get the answer. You know, I know that in preparation for the show, you know, I talked to my husband yesterday and I said, what would you want if you're stuck on machines and, you know, there is not really a hope of you getting better? Would you want to be kept alive on machines? And my first inclination as a doctor would be, oh, don't do that. And yet, you know, even when I spoke to my other sibling, who's also a doctor, they said, boy, I'm young. Give me a chance. Let's see what will happen. And that's totally respectful. I mean, absolutely. If that's what they want, you want them to make that decision and to let you know. When does it become necessary to put in writing, Kathy? Oh, when does it become necessary to put it in writing? Um, I think anytime, really. Yeah, yeah. It's you can like, say, it's not, I want this, but, yeah. you know. I, I think I think when you start making that decision, you need to go ahead and start getting a post form on file for you of what you want. Get some advanced directives written up. and. Well, let's do some definitions. I okay. like that post form. You know, that came out in 2009. That was sort of a different new form. And I heard about a scenario today which was sort of alarming. So there's this particular individual who was about 90, and it's this older woman, and she was enrolled in hospice. Mm. And her son came home, and she was unconscious on the floor, and he called 911. Now, 911 comes quickly, as they always do, right. and they see this person on the floor. There's no form, this pulsed form we're going to define in just a sec, and so they bring her to the hospital and start life-saving measures in the ambulance on their way. Then she arrives in the hospital, and she has already been put on a ventilator. And the next thing you know, here's a woman who had intended to be with hospice and was enrolled in hospice and didn't have this order done. So it's a pretty important form to follow. So right. let's define what the post is, because this was something that came out just in the last few years. And even as a doc, I sort of felt, wow, this is new. I didn't understand why we need it and what it stands for. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? 
So a pulse form is a physician order for life-sustaining treatment, and it's an actual written order by your physician that carries out your wishes. So if you have this form in your home, everything you wish for is written out of what they will and will not do and signed by a physician so anybody can follow it. Anybody meaning ambulance services, emergency medical services. EMS arriving to your house, if she had had this form there, they would have known not to intubate. Not to do anything. Now, in that scenario, this is an order that's given to other people coming to your home. Presumably, this is going to say the same thing that your advanced care directive would say or something fairly similar. Right. Is it an advanced care directive by itself? No, it's not. So who is this order given to? Just the ambulance, the EMT folks? Is this something that other doctors would follow in an ER? Yes. If, they, if, if you brought in a post form that is signed by a physician, any, they, anybody would follow that. And this form, you know, Kristen, tell me what it says. So you have this pulsed form, this physician order for life-sustaining treatment. What are some of the questions in the form? I mean, a lot of times people say, oh, it sounds so complicated. I don't know. I don't want to make a decision. I'll just wait until it happens. And when it happens, that might not be when you can make a decision. A little too late, yeah. Sure. So what are these questions on this pulsed form? What does it say? Um, Generally, it's divided into three parts. Um, Every state is a little bit different. Uh, I believe we were the fifth state to enact it. Um, So the first section is about CPR, whether or not if you're found, you know, without a pulse and you're not breathing, do you want CPR, yes or no? Second section gets a little bit more into limited interventions, like maybe being intubated, put on a vent in ICU. Um, You can actually, there's kind of a free form part where you can actually write in specific instructions. And then the third part is actually about artificial nutrition or tube feeding. We hear a lot about that in the news as well. We do, yes. And there have been some prominent cases throughout the U.S. over the last several years or so where that's become a major issue. So this particular form, this pulsed form, there's a standard one that's in bright lime green. Where do you want to put it in your house? So if you decide, I have this form, where are you going to put it? Uh, generally, the, em- the emergency personnel are trained to look for it on the front of the refrigerator. Um, it's a very common place. Sometimes people put it on the inside of a medicine cabinet or actually on their nightstand. So somewhere pretty obvious so pretty people obvious. can see it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And if you have this form, then this will tell them what you do or what you don't want done. In this particular situation, if you don't have it, but you just have an advanced care directive, ambulance comes to your house, are they required to take you to the hospital? Absolutely. So if you have an advanced directive and you have it saying, do not do CPR, do not do breathing machines or breathing tubes, and you don't have a pulsed form, and one of your family members contacts an ambulance, the ambulance will do everything until you're brought to the hospital. That's yes. correct. And what changes once you get to the hospital? Is that when your advanced care directive, your like living will, shall we call it, is that when that comes into play, when if you don't have a pulsed, but you already said, I don't want CPR and I don't want these other things, now you're in a hospital setting, is that when that starts to be followed? 
It, it is, but it's a little complex. They still have to follow physicians' orders. So presumably, you know, if you've That's got That's why you advanced, want them to say the same. Correct. Okay. You want them to say the same thing. If you have the advanced directives, you know, if the family came running in after the ambulance and said, wait, you know, they had this advanced directive on file. They didn't want CPR. They didn't want to be intubated. At that point, you could make the decision to maybe extubate if they were already intubated and in ICU and receiving full treatment. But you never really want somebody to be... Correct. ...going through all go that trauma. Correct. Correct. So if you're home right now and you have an advanced directive and you don't have a pulsed form, Mm -hmm. you are not completely covered. Yes and no. (laughs) Okay. I like a little controversy. (laughs) I like a little yes and no. So I like the part that said yes, but I'm intrigued at the part that said no. no. So let's start with a no. Um, I I say yes in the sense that if you have your advanced directives, yes, you're not covered, you'd be intubated. But for somebody, for me, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have an advanced illness. I don't have a life-limiting condition as of yet. So if I were found down on the floor, absolutely, I'd want to be do everything until we find out exactly what is the issue. Um, so pulse forms are generally recommended for people um, that have life-limiting illnesses, such as, you know, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or chronic lung problems, heart heart failure, terminal cancer. So if you have an advanced directive on Mm -hmm. file and you don't have a pulsed form, you are covered. For me, yes. For young, healthy people without major illnesses? I would say yes, yes. Okay. And that sort of eliminates a little bit of the controversy because I don't have a pulsed form. Correct. And if you were in maybe a car accident or something and... An advanced directive would take place, but not necessarily a pulsed form because I'm not at my home. Correct. You know, so if I'm not at home and somebody calls 911 out on the street, I'm not really going to be carrying this form with me. Um, I could put it in my wallet. I have trouble fitting stuff in my purse, but okay. (laughs) But if you were in a car accident, let's just say, you know, wouldn't you want to maybe see if you could be brought back to the state that you're in right now? Absolutely. Because if you have potential recovery, you want to have everything done. Yes. Okay. Now, this... When we think about a pulse form and we think about an advanced directive, a lot of this sounds complicated. And part of this is probably the reason why you decided to have the clinic, that you want to be able to explain this to folks. I know where I work, they have an advanced care planning clinic, and it has been a godsend. Yeah. Because sometimes you really want another person to just say, here's my perspective on where you're at with your illness and your medical conditions, and not just the one you see you know, me for, but the one that you see your other doctors for as well. Let's take a cohesive look at this together. And you know, I don't know how many times people come in and they want to see you, and they have back pain and diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol, and by the way, I want to talk about my advanced directive. And sometimes you really just want to visit to just focus on the advanced directive, not on all of these other issues, then you can't really do a good job on all of those. So tell me what this clinic is supposed to do. What is Ohana Medical Group going to do to help solve this problem on the windward side of Oahu? Well, Ohana Medical Group is a family practice clinic, that, but we're also offering advanced care planning. So as we see our patients come through from, you know, child to elderly, and they come through and we see somebody that would benefit from advanced care planning, that's when we can make that referral and set up for another appointment time where we have a nurse practitioner who is an advanced care planning facilitator and make a separate appointment. So like you said, we're not cramming that all into just that time frame. We can spend the time with the disease process, organizing that, and then also separate the advanced care planning separately and be able to spend the hour time that it takes to go through that with them. And that's about how long the appointment would be? Yes. 
So it's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you ask a lot of questions. Right. Because you really need to know where somebody is as far as how they feel exactly. about what their plans are for the future. Right. And you want to get to know them a bit to help them to understand that. Right, right. Now, Kristen, are you the advanced care planning facilitator? I am. What are some of the reasons why people say they don't have one or they haven't made a decision yet? What are the most common things that you hear? Uh, most often they think, um, I don't have time. That's the big one. I don't have time. I'll get to it. Or they just don't think it's going to happen to them. But I mean, it's inevitable. We're all going to die at some point. So it's what a, a happy of- thought for a Monday. <laughs> I'm like, you, know, you know, it's true. I'm talking about sugar <laughs> earlier. <laughs> don't eat so much sugar. You're going to go sooner. So, you know, that's true. We're, we're all in the process of some stage of our lives and we don't know when it's going to happen. Correct. But okay. So they say, I don't have time mm-hmm. and I- I'll get to it later. Or they say, Oh, my daughter will be my, you know, she knows what I would want. And how often does the daughter really know? You know, (laughs) from personal experience, uh, my mom lives with me. She's probably listening. Um, And I was shocked at the amount of stuff that I did not know as far as what she would want and what she, you know, would want. So we've had multiple sit-downs and multiple discussions. And actually, these forms, advanced directives and pulse forms, really should be just a tool to document the discussions that have occurred. Uh, between your provider, you know, and and you or, you know, your family member. And um, it really I, shouldn't be a surprise. No, no, it shouldn't. It should just be a, a really, you know, it's a gift. It's really a gift to, to go in and have this advanced care planning appointment to sit down with your loved one and really bring, you know, whoever it is that you want to be taking over these decisions for you, your legal representative at that time to hear you say, you know, hey, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is why I'm making this decision. This is where I'm coming from. This is what living well means to me. And um, and it makes it a lot easier for the family members to actually pick up, you know, when the patient can no longer make decisions for themselves. So what surprised you about your mom? What surprised you? Well, she grew up Catholic. So I thought she would want to have maybe last rites and and uh, when we sat down, she said, oh, no, that's not important to me. <laughs> she says, I've fallen so far from the Catholic Church. She said, I just want to be kept clean and comfortable and, and you know, out of pain. And, and So some of the stuff that you expected, she had a different thought on. Correct. Well, you know, and there's another, there's another issue we'll get to, and that's, well, we'll talk about that after the break. I'm Dr. <laughs> Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with my friends. We've got Kristen Bathan. She is an advanced care planning facilitator. And we also have nurse practitioner Kathleen Philbeck from Ohana Medical Group. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what do you do if you're with your siblings and what if you disagree and maybe somebody doesn't follow the advanced care directive? Are there consequences? Because that's a biggie that, you know, you kind of want to know about before it happens. If you have an advanced directive or if you've had a situation where you've been surprised at what's happened or maybe you thought, hey, I want to establish one of these and then realized that the questions on there surprised you. You can give us a holler at 941-3689, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. On the next Humankind, the story of the Unabomber's brother. I remember finally meeting with the FBI, and after a couple of days of interviews, they had showed me a map of rural Montana and asked me to point out the place on that map where my brother lived. How David Kaczynski wrestled with his conscience. Next time on Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace. 
HPR welcomes Hawaiian music performers Ke'ale and Stephen Inglis to the Atherton studio on February 8th. Fresh from a triumphant West Coast tour entitled Slack Story and Song, Ke'ale and Stephen Inglis visit the Atherton Saturday, February 8th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets at 955-8821 during business hours or online at hprtickets.org. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're talking about advanced care planning. I'm here with Ohana Medical Group nurse practitioner Kathleen Philbeck and advanced care planning facilitator Kristen Bathan, and we're talking about a very difficult topic for a lot of folks, advanced care directives. What happens if you have some wishes for how you want to have life take place in the future if you were ever medically not able to take care of yourself? And we're going to talk about what are the consequences of that. So, you know, just for fun, guys, let's just set up a little scenario because these things happen. You know, I mentioned earlier about the person who's in the hospital and yet didn't have a pulse and, you know, is on hospice. Let's talk about a little scenario. So let's say, oh, Kristen, we'll pick on you. <laughs> so let's say <laughs> that you, you have siblings. I don't know if you do or you don't. I do. <laughs> okay. Well, let's pretend that your siblings are somewhat like mine, which is sometimes good and sometimes challenging. And so let's say that your mom and you have had a discussion about what mom wants. And mom winds up getting sick, has a stroke. She's in the hospital. She doesn't want to have – now, I'm not saying your mom feels this way, but we're playing my scenario. Okay. She doesn't want to have tube feeds. She doesn't want to have to be on a ventilator. If her heart stops or her breathing stops, she wants you guys to gather around her, let her go peacefully, and and there you go. Move on to the next stage in life, whatever her belief is that that may be. Okay. And let's say that you have one sibling who's a lawyer, just because, because we're going to say this. Okay. And let's say that they haven't been part of this discussion with you and your mom. Mom lives with you, and lawyer brother might be on the mainland. And so he comes in last minute and says, why aren't you doing everything? We need to put in a tube. We need to give her feeding. We need to do this, 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 and this. You can't withhold that from her. And you go, yes, but brother, lawyer, person, I have an advanced directive. Who's right? Who's the surrogate? You, good question. <laughs> so is the surrogate in the advanced directive allowed to overrule what's written in the directive? So let's say your mom wrote down, I don't want X, Y, or Z. Let's take both scenarios. Number one, you're the surrogate. And if you're the one that had these discussions with mom and she doesn't want these things and brother's upset, what happens? She essentially, I would follow what she wanted because we. So had that your job is to follow Correct. her wishes. Correct. Even if you don't like them, tough on you. Got to follow her wishes. Correct. Now, what if your brother's the surrogate? If he's a surrogate and he says do everything, then he can absolutely override everything if she has designated him the legal representative to do so. Ooh, now that's a big thing. Yes, it is. It's that's a huge. huge topic. So if you say, your mom will say, and your poor mom, she's probably listening, thinking, this <laughs> is doing such a good job. Why is this person badgering her about me? And we're just coming up with a scenario. So it's not really you, Kristen's mom. Okay. But if she's already said, don't do this, and you had this discussion with her, and you felt you understood it, but she designated someone else to be her surrogate then basically that person can overrule. Correct. And that's allowed. 
I mean, it's not encouraged. We're not suggesting people should Correct. do this. But it's legally, that's when you create a surrogate, whatever decisions that you make, the surrogate's supposed to follow. Correct. If they do not. Because in a perfect world, you know, they you've, would. you've had this discussion and they totally understand well, and they're on board with do it. Do you live in the perfect world? I do Because if you do, I'd like to come to your world. <laughs> mine I isn't not. so perfect. Okay. So really the key is not only make your wishes known, but choose your surrogate carefully. Yes. All right. That's a really big point. Okay. We've got a caller on the line. We have got Edwina from Aleva Heights. Edwina, welcome to The Body Show. Hello. I'm Hello. Aloha. My father, towards the end of his life, showed me that he had a, a living will. And I was so traumatized, you know, that he would even be discussing this. Really? But it was the second greatest gift he ever gave me in my life, besides my life. Because when I thought he was dead, and the hospital staff, and he wrote one intervention, you know, like a shot or something. And they tried that, and it worked. And two weeks later, he failed again. And they asked me what? I said, it's pasted at the foot of his bed and on the wall. He said, nothing. He's had his one. He said nothing. Let him go in peace. Is that and what happened? He went home with hospice, and we were all there to support him. What a no wonderful thing. Asked. So I talked to my children because I didn't want them to go through the trauma that I did. I said, it's a natural part of life, and uh, I'll pay for an attorney. You go get one, too. And they did. So we all have it, and it's just a piece of information. So what you did, having had that experience with your dad, is that you made sure that that wouldn't happen for your kids, and you put yes. your wishes in writing. Yes. And, and you... I worked with an attorney, and I uh, returned home to Hawaii. I was in Seattle, so they redid it to whatever the laws are here, and um, there's no trauma involved. It's, you know, it's just is. Fantastic. So that's a gift that you've given your children as well. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. What an inspiring story. Thanks, Edwina, for sharing that with us. Mahalo. Mahalo for calling us. If you've got a question, you can give us a holler. If you just want to make a statement about how this has affected you, you can call us at 941-3689. Toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We have Kristen Bathan and also nurse practitioner Kathleen Philback, and they're from the Ohana Medical Group over on the windward side of Oahu. And we're talking today about advanced care planning. So Edwina said, second best gift after life. Thanks, Dad, for helping me to make the decision you wanted. So that's another important thing is that, you know, there was Edwina's dad who said, this is what I want. And she was the person who told the doctors, don't do anything next. So, Kristen, how often does that happen? Do we often have... Are there ever situations where family members have to really say, hey, I've got this directive, docs, you have to listen to this. Is that the purpose of having it so that the doctors actually follow it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it does happen. It, I wish it would happen more, <laughs> certainly. Um, but it does happen. And it's happening more and more these days, which is a really lovely thing to see. Well, and it's a gift. And Kathleen, yeah. we heard Adrena say it's a gift. This is something you can do to take the stress away from your family. When you counsel some of your people about this, um, do you get the sense that they're doing it to make it easier for their family members? 
I do. We just had a, um, I had a patient last week who had just had recently had a stroke and was discharged from the hospital and um, 92 year old and his daughter had brought him in and we actually talked to her about advanced care planning. We said, you know, now's the perfect time to be talking about this while you're somewhat in a healthy state, but before something terribly goes wrong because you don't want to make that decision when a crisis is going on and your emotions are running high. It just makes it easier to be able to talk to. And she took one of our pamphlets and is going to be calling to set that up to be able to talk further about it and was very excited to offer that service. Now, when you have a discussion like that with a 92-year-old man Mm -hmm. and his daughter who mathematically probably has to be, you know, 50s or 60s or 70s or so, is this an opportunity where you can also encourage them like Edwina did? Hey, you know what? Why don't you make one for yourself? And oh, why don't you make one for the, the daughter and the whole family? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this information can really be helpful for everybody. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Is there ever a situation where let's just say you want everything done all the time, no matter what? Should you still put that in writing? Yeah. So even if you say, I'm young, I'm healthy, I don't have any diseases, I want everything done, still important to put it down. Correct. Why? Well, you just never know the situation. Um, I, I, I won't say how old I am. But <laughs> 29, forever. You get it? We're all at 29. Right. Forever, no matter how many times we celebrate that birthday. That's yeah. okay. I, I have my advanced directive spelled out very clearly. I also have a document called Five Wishes. Uh, that goes through more specific details of it. Um, I have copies of it, and I've given it as well to my power of attorney, so she has it as well. So you've made clear exactly. And you can, you know, the other thing that I think people think is, if I decide once, oh, my God, what if I want to change my mind? What if you do? It's a living document. You can absolutely update it continually, and that's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, right now I'm sitting here in your station completely healthy as far as I know but like you're we, 29 correct right, 29 exactly. forever mm-hmm. and um and then you see these patients literally it's it's one you know one lab draw or one doctor appointment later and their entire life has changed and they're suddenly diagnosed with something that yesterday they didn't know they had so when you get put in that situation all of a sudden emotions are running high you want to think about you know the positive side, you don't want to necessarily hear about advanced care planning discussions at that point because then you get paranoid and you think, do they know something? I don't know. Am I terminal? Am I this? So it's really nice to have these discussions and these documents, you know, filled out long before you necessarily need them. All right. We've got another caller on the line. We have Angie from Honolulu. Angie, welcome to The Body Show. Hi. Hi there. I um, have a question for Kristen. I filled out an advanced directive um, a while ago when I was in my 30s, and it was just something that we did, you know, like living well and so forth. Uh-huh. Um, and I think you already answered my question, you know, how often do you would you suggest um, um, updating it? But then also, is there a cost to updating it? And how do you, like, how does that all work? That's actually a really good question. Um, a lot of people go to attorneys for these kinds of discussions to fill out, you know, yes or no CPR, yes or no, all those things we talked about. Um, but, I mean, like you said, you can just call Ohana Medical Group, schedule an appointment, come on in and just sit down. It's a really simple form. But, again, it's not just filling out the form. It's about having the discussion um, and see if your values maybe have changed. Maybe your health conditions are changed. I don't know how old you are. Sorry, Angie. Um, but, you know, just, just making sure that it's still on board with what your wishes are and, and is your family on board with that and have you talked to them about it as well. Okay. Um, and then another thing. So. The advance directive is separate from the pulse form. Correct. Now, 
Now, could you update, say, for example, the Pulse form instead of the advanced directive? I'm, I mean, assuming just to cut costs, or, or yeah. do you have to just update everything and... Well, they would if they contraindicated each other. Like you would, you would go with something that had the more current date on it. Uh-huh. Um, so you could do a pulse form, but again, pulse forms are generally reserved for people that have life limiting illnesses, and and you would expect them to be hospitalized and rehospitalized frequently within maybe the next year or so. So you know, if you're young and and you know you don't have any kind of debilitating debilitating health conditions, I would say just updating an advanced directive, and it's a real simple form. You can get it on uh, kokuamau.org. They have all of the forms there. Um, but again, it's it's about having the discussion with your practitioner as well and updating it. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, great question. All right, Angie, thanks for calling us today. I'm curious, Kristen, you don't really have to pay a lot of money to actually update an advanced care nope. adv- living will. If you have one, you can create an update. Correct. If you want to get it notarized, that's not a, a large amount of money. If if you have one that's 30 years old and your circumstances have changed, mm-hmm. you can change your advanced directive. Absolutely. If they haven't changed, you may want to just write it again so somebody says, hey, this is from, you know, the 1980s or so, and mm-hmm. maybe we want to update it. Let's get a later one. But certainly, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Correct. You mentioned a really good resource, uh, Kakua Mao. Um, there is a website you can go to, org, And what a great resource, because I was just looking at it earlier today in preparation for the show, and they have pretty much everything down there. You can download the forms. Now, if you don't, usually the Pulse form is like this bright green color. If you don't have green paper, that's okay. You can get a green marker or something and just <laughs> make some indications on there. This is my green form. But, you know, they really do have some resources for people who might want to have some way to write this down and don't need to spend a lot of money to do it. So resources are out there and available. Pulse form is supposed to be signed by your doctor. And I think just today, and I don't know if it passed or not, Senator Josh Green was going to be putting in legislature to expand signing privileges to include advanced practitioner nurses as well. So that may have passed. If anybody knows, it was supposed to happen today, right before I came to the studio. Let me know. But before we do that, let's talk to Bob from the Big Island. He's got a question or a comment for us. Bob, welcome to the Body Show. Uh, thanks. Great. <coughs> Excuse me. Great show. Uh, I got a scenario that's out of state, and uh, I go visit my brother once a year. <laughs> He's. Excuse me. All right, Bob. So it's a good yeah. question, out of state, because, you know, yeah. are these things state specific? And yeah. we did have a person call earlier, uh, Edwina, who said, hey, you know what? When I moved from Seattle, I went ahead and followed whatever Hawaii law is because. I didn't want to have there be an issue. So, okay, so you're talking about your brother. He's out of state. I'm picking up points uh, from what your guests and from uh, callers are uh, calling in with. I'm picking up points, but I've got a little bit more, uh, a bit different on the situation. He's slowly dying, and we both know it. And he wants to go the way he wants to go. And that's okay with me. Okay. But the problem is we got nothing in writing, and... It's not going to happen when I go there for my monthly visit. It's going to be uh, another time where he doesn't answer the phone, and then I have the police check the house, and they're going to find him. But where he's at, they've got a renowned um, life-saving um, fire station, and uh, they got super pride and so on. I've heard some stories about them, and they do everything they can. You have to interfere with them and tell them to just stand back and uh, present some papers or 
demand uh, that they listen to you. Otherwise, they just take over this scenario completely. And my brother doesn't want any of that, and I don't blame him. Um, so what, what state what does he live I in, do, Bob? Uh, if, if, he's still, uh, if he's still functioning by the time I go to visit him or if I pick up on come and see me because uh, I'm starting to fade out, I'll get on a plane and get there sooner. Well, sure. But, I've got uh, some great suggestions, Bob. Where does he live? Uh, Olympia. Washington. Yeah. All right. So one of the things you can do is that you can help him by putting it in writing, okay? Yeah. And he can do that. He doesn't need you to do it. You can actually download advanced care planning forms. Now, if he's got the Internet or if you've got the Internet, you can yeah. mail him the forms. You can actually go to org because some of the forms they have are not state-specific. So right. they do have some basic forms that you can do. The other thing you can do is if he's in Olympia, you know, if he's really not doing very well, why don't you talk with him about enrolling in hospice? Well, he doesn't participate in anything. He has shut off the world, and uh, he lives alone. Okay. So and, hospice uh, may so, not be something he wants to do. Yeah. So, all right, the only thing that would be able to do, though, is protect him from having interventions if he didn't want it. Right. That's what I'm trying to mm-hmm. uh, ask is uh, how can we get that, how can I get it organized? And you, you just told me I can... Download some of it here. You can download some of the forms, fill it out, mail it to him. Um, You can check. And I honestly don't know off the top of my head if the state of Washington uses the post form. If they do, then you can go ahead and get one for him. If they don't, then they might have a similar form that's in the state of Washington. We'll take a look, see if we can figure this part out for you. I mean, you can always email the station later and we'll get back to you with it. Sure, sure. But, you know. One last thing. He was... uh, cooperating with the VA. He got sprayed with Agent Orange in Vietnam, and uh, it's what's killing him. But, I'm really sorry um, to hear he that, He doesn't Bob. want to participate in any other guinea pig bullshit anymore, so he, he doesn't, you know, he, and I don't blame him. And that's okay, Bob. You know, people get to make their own decisions sure. as time goes on, sure. and one of the best things you can do for him is respect his decision, and it clearly you do, and, you know, it's one of those things where the best thing you can do is support him in his decisions. Now, yeah, one of my yeah. guests, go Kristen Bathan. She just looked up and said, yes, Washington State uses the post form. We okay. have Kathleen uh, Philbeck. She's also shaking her head yes. And yay for smartphones because they're smarter than me. <laughs> so smartphones say yes, Washington uses a post. Okay. So you can actually download that form. Yeah. You can mail it to him if that is available and it's in his house, on his refrigerator, knowing your brother, you may want to have a bunch of copies around. Right. Then fire station or not, they can't violate it. Okay. Well, it'll be them and him. And what I've heard is uh, if there's no response, they'll kick in the door and they'll do everything they can to save the life. And but if CPR there's a form... And, and he doesn't want any of that. That's he just wants okay. to lay there. You know? Bob, if there's, if there's a form that says don't do yeah. anything, yeah. that form will be followed legally. Are they obligated to look around the house to try to find something like that, or do they just immediately try to uh, save the person's life? Well, I think, you know, they're supposed to look around for it. They're supposed to identify if it's there. If he's that concerned about it, he may want to have multiple copies available so that they can find either on the fridge, in the nightstand, in the living room. I mean, he can... You know, he could make wallpaper out of this, but yeah. I'm not suggesting okay. that he have that many well, copies. Well, we could also go down to the fire station and uh, present it to uh, maybe the chief or somebody that's in charge. You can mm-hmm. also do that as there well. There we go, yeah. 
You've got some options, Bob. Yeah. I wish you and your brother the best of luck. Thanks for sharing your story with us. That has to be a difficult scenario. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with my super smart smartphone owning (laughs) guests here, Kristen Bathan and Kristen Philbeck. Sorry, Kathleen Philbeck. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about advanced care directives and hopefully help to answer a few more questions that you might have about who needs the form and how you get it and what can you do to make sure that it's followed. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you want to know more details about HPR's history and mission, or information on how to donate a car, rent the Atherton studio, or just want to send an email to someone on the staff, you'll find it all at hawaiipublicradio.org. Go to the link called About HPR and check out the pull-down menu. It's all there. The HPR website. It's just a click away. Find out how the iconic art of Western civilization was saved during World War II. It's this race against time that the Allies faced with to try and find these works of art and save them from complete destruction. And Doc Martin tells why the location of his TV show in Cornwall is such a fun place to be. I think it's the only bit of England that has a surf culture. History and drama come together on the next Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday at 4 p.m. following Fresh Air. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we're in the studio today with Kristen Bathan. She's an advanced care practice planning facilitator, and we also have nurse practitioner Kathleen Philbeck, and we're talking about what to do and how to make your wishes known if you have a particular desire to do or not do some life-sustaining treatment or maybe just interventions that you don't really feel comfortable with. You can join our conversation. We're here at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. And on the phone is my friend Jeanette from Kakua Mau. Jeanette from Honolulu, welcome to The Body Show. Well, thank you very much. What can we do for you today? Well, first of all, thank you very much for for covering this important topic. I know that it's uh, it can be difficult for people, but we know that these are some of the most important conversations that people can have. So... I very much appreciate what you're doing and also mentioning the, all the resources on the Kukuamau website. I was looking at them today. Great, because um, I also wanted to point out that, you know, one of the things people ask me a lot about is about tube feeding and CPR. So I would encourage people to look for the handouts that we have there um, on those topics. So all the stuff on our website is free and free to download. So I, you know, I always encourage people to save the money and, and download it there. And I also wanted to say that we have a free newsletter that people can, can sign up for. I like the cost of that newsletter. Yes, we're good at that. So they can do that on the website, the kukuamau.org website as well. And um, I wanted to just give a little bit of background about the Pulse legislation that you mentioned. Great. Yeah, as you as you were saying, the the uh, the legislation that Kakuamau has been working on this year is to expand so that polls can also be signed by advanced practice nurses. So, it's beginning the process at the legislature, and we encourage people to to put in testimony. There are uh, both House and Senate bills uh, covering this, so it passed the committee today, 
and um, it now will be heard by the Judiciary Committee on the Senate side. So we're really happy. There's been great support um, from quite a number of different corners. The Kupuna Caucus has supported it as well as the governor, and so the Department of Health is behind it. So for us, it's, it's great to see that people really understand how important POLST can be. And this legislation in particular is to allow advanced practicing nurses to also be the person signing the POLST form. Exactly. And, you know, that brings me to the, to the other point that I had. We, POLST is used quite a lot in long-term care. And, you know, if people who are going into a long-term care facility, there's a big push around the state to make sure that they have a POLST, that people have had, and not just have a document, but that, we've, that people have really had discussions about what their wishes are. So that's one of the bottlenecks that we see, that um, whether it's in long-term care setting or in a, even, you know, even in the middle of Honolulu, that uh, advanced practice nurses are doing quite a lot of this work. So it's well, really and they're doing a fabulous job, exactly. And I support them being able to sign the form and also being the ones responsible as, you know, in the very beginning of the show, I have to tell you, a couple of years ago, I had a nurse practitioner who said to me, don't say primary care doctor. And ever <laughs> since then, in the very beginning, I don't know if people have noticed, we talk about how it doesn't replace a visit to your primary care provider. There you go. Because that's more inclusive. And so the post form should really be provider's order for life-sustaining treatment. And I think if we look at it from that perspective, we still achieve the goals of what it's meant to be, but we also are a little bit more inclusive as to who can sign it. That's right, exactly, and that's actually, um, that name change hopefully will come forward um, as if, if, if and when the bill, the bill is passed. So, that's, Well, and uh, we can still call it a post, you know, because it's provider post, yeah. or physician. <laughs> Just call it a P, post. That works great. <laughs> exactly. No, we, we were trying to be clever as well. So it's a provide, it will hopefully be then known as the provider form, but just the post. So we're going to, you know, and people who are out there thinking, wow, I wish I could have a speaker come and talk to my group, um, you know, just let us know. We're, we're happy to organize speakers. I'm working on finding somebody right now to talk to adult daycare. We've talked to long-term care facilities. we talked to a lot of people about that. And the other thing, too, is that Kukuamau organizes a speakers bureau. So if you're thinking, wow, I want my Rotary Club to know about advanced care planning, Give us a call. We can help you find a, a speaker. Because especially here in, in Hawaii, we're all about talk story, talk to people, don't hurry through this. Um, and, and I think that for those of us that are caring for our loved ones, that you know, it's really important that we also understand all about these decisions. So you know, let us know how we can help. Fantastic. All right, Jeanette, thanks for adding to our discussion today. That's kakuamau.org, and you can find a lot of great resources there. And happy to know that the Pulse is soon going to be provider order instead of just physician order, so we can be a little bit more inclusive. Okay, we've got a bunch of callers now. We've got Lee back on the phone from Maui. Lee, we lost you earlier. Thanks for calling back. Yes, I got cut off, but um, I'm actually on the highway, and so I pulled off the highway to make this call. And Fantastic. I'm glad you pulled off. Good. So <laughs> uh, the question I'd like to ask is about this advanced care directive, and I'd like to ask the question and then turn off the phone and turn on the radio because uh, my phone reception isn't that great. I'm concerned about um, where to post this advanced care directive. For instance, if I get in a car accident on the highway, 
how does someone, uh, a, a, an emergency person, know that I even have an advanced care directive? It's a good question. Okay, is that your question before you hang well, up? Well, yes, yes. Basically, it's where, who should I give this advanced care directive to now so that if something like that happens, uh, the world knows, I guess, mm-hmm. that I have an advanced care directive. Um, can I hang up the phone now and turn on my radio? Yes, you can, Lee, and you can turn oh, on the radio. <laughs> but thanks so much for calling and also for pulling over and staying safe. And don't get in an accident because we didn't answer your question yet. Okay, so, Kristen, what do you think? Lee's got a great question. Really what happens? Question. Uh, what do we think? Well, Where should he put it? In his case, you know, advanced directives, obviously, it's not something that can be followed by, you know, emergency personnel as an actual order um, because it's not signed by a physician. So in that case, they would still, if he were, like he said, in a car accident, they would do everything for life support, bring him to a hospital. Um, Ideally, what he would do in having this discussion and having his advanced directives filled out, having designated somebody to be the decision maker in the event he cannot i.e. a car accident, uh, they would have a copy of this document as well. They would be notified. They would come in and say, you know, this isn't what he wants or this is what he wants. Another option, you know, we've got those electronic medical records these days. There's a place when I see individuals in the office, there's a place in the record that says advanced care directive, and you can click on that, and then you have a scanned in copy of exactly what Mm -hmm. the directive is. Now, if you don't work with a doc who has electronic medical records, there's other options. Make sure your doctor has one. You can even make sure you have a a chart at the hospital. Now, Maui, you're, there's not that many hospitals, so you can go and have it on file. If you have a chart at the hospital, deliver it there so that they have it in the medical record department. So when they pull your chart for the emergency room, there it is. Now, again, you might also want to carry a little placard that says, mm-hmm. I have one. Mm-hmm. Put it with your license right. that says, I have this, and so that people will know where to look for it or know that you do have one or know who your emergency contact is because that way it'll be easier to follow it. Correct. All right, some great, great questions. Thank you so much, Lee. Thanks for pulling over, and I hope you're driving safe on the road. Don't have an accident. Okay, we've got another Maui caller. We've got Jason on the phone from Maui. Jason, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. I, I had a question about the uh, surrogate. Is that, the, is that the name for the person that you designate to carry out your wishes in the in advanced health care directive? Correct. That's a great question, Jason. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, there are a lot of names. There's, um, you know, power of attorney, surrogate, and actually part of the legislation that uh, Jeanette was talking about um, that went forward with the polls form is to actually simplify that language. So part of it is, as well as changing it from a physician order for life-sustaining treatment to provider, is it's also going to change it um, and call it a legal representative. So it, it'll it'll kind of do away with a surrogate power of attorney because there's all that confusion. But essentially, that is the person that you designate to make those decisions okay. in the event it, you cannot. It would be similar to a, the trustee or a uh, with the executor of a will. Correct. Okay. Uh, I think it's a wonderful idea to uh, set up that uh, advanced health care directive. Uh, it was helpful for me just to uh, consider... Uh, what I wanted uh, in the in the event of a, a life threatening injury. Absolutely. All right, Jason. Thanks so much for calling us and for sharing your thoughts. You know, the language can be confusing. The verbiage can can make people sort of shy away from it. But you know, it's it's supposed to be something that helps you and surrogate legal representative. We're just trying to be more inclusive. You know, we also had a caller who said another place, just for everybody here to to think about, to put your advanced care directive or the fact that you have one could be on a medic alert bracelet. Yeah. And actually, they have ones 
they're still honoring. I believe it's comfort care only. There are bracelets that where it was kind of a movement. I'm not sure how many years ago. So there's still actually quite a few bracelets floating around town on patients. Well, and they're actually they make nice ones now. I mean, yeah, they do. You know, they do make nice fancy ones that don't necessarily look like they're going to fall off or anything. And they actually, you know, they work pretty well. It's an easy place for people to look. Correct. So that boy, if you have something written down there, you want the basics, no CPR or don't do whatever. You can wear it on a bracelet, or you can even put a sticker near your license. Don't mm-hmm. put it on your license. I learned that, but put it near your license. Somewhere like that. Um, okay. Well, we've got my buddy Malachi on the phone. Malachi from Honolulu. Welcome to the Body Hello. Show. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I uh, wanted to alert you, and you probably know this, and the listeners to this great document called The Five Wishes. You got it. I think, Kristen, you were talking about that earlier. Absolutely. So oh, you were. Okay. I, I that's good, though, Malachi. What's your understanding of The Five Wishes? What well, if you have six? Right. Well, it's like advanced directive. It goes into detail, uh, but it's also rather simple, some checkboxes, and you can also write in. The advantage of this is uh, the wish number five is my wish for what I want my loved ones to know. And uh, there are some things that are written out, and they're very, you know, I want to be forgiven, I want to forgive, I want to be loved, I want to love, stuff like that. But you can write in quite a bit. In fact, if there was going to be a ceremony or you wanted a memorial, you can write in what you want read, what kind of music mm-hmm. you want, what people you want there. And uh, so that's pretty cool. And uh, it just requires two witnesses in most states, no uh, notary. Um, Fantastic, so, Malachi. So you have, you've written out your five wishes. Yes, yes. And it also uh, talks about emergencies here. It says it's best really to have a bracelet that says do not resuscitate. Uh, then there's no, uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. The other thing I want to say was I'm a retired community health nurse, and I've spent a fair amount of time um, visiting Kapunas and going over this with them, the idea of advanced directives. And I think for anyone, it, it's really a, a visceral response, like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. But and then when it comes up, it still is emotional, because if you go into detail, someone may say, I want to, yeah, pull the plug. But when you ask, like, tube feeding or ventilating or stuff like that, they really haven't thought it through. So it's important to have those really detailed discussions. Um, and it's something we all need to do. And I I know I put it off and off and off until finally I was having surgery. They said, hey, you better do this, you know. So uh, it's, it's a great topic. And it's, you know, if you visit uh, nursing homes or I would visit people at home who are in comas, and even the family would say they wouldn't want this, you know, but there they were because they didn't have advanced directives. You're absolutely right, Malachi. I have to tell you, for any physicians who have ever run codes in the hospital or have had that experience either in medical school or in residency training or even in their career, majority of them would say, I don't want to have this happen to me. And right. so, you know, having been there, seen it, you mentioned the family members witnessing the person in a coma, it really makes you refine your own decisions and realize that suffering is not something you want, nor do you want your loved ones to go through this. So it brings us back to the idea of the gift. And earlier we talked about how this really is a gift. And we had a caller come in and say, you know, this was a gift that my dad gave to me and I've given it to my children and my children will give it to their children. So you're absolutely right. This can be yeah. a generational thing. So That's people, right. sure, they think about it. And an idea for another topic is uh, death with dignity. 
which is related somewhat. And, you know, it is legal in a couple of states. And in Hawaii, uh, there is a movement here to have it quasi-legal. So that'd be a great topic for another show. More legal than driving with your cell phone. So that's a good (laughs) thing that we heard Lee from Maui call us and pull over. But some really good points, Malachi. So thanks for bringing that to our attention. And I think the five wishes, you know, Kristen, the part I liked the most of that is, you know, things you want your family to know. Yeah. I mean, imagine, like, I have a secret child or, you know, (laughs) I have another spouse or, by the way, you know, all the money I sacked away I spent on myself. Who knows? You know, to me that sounds like that would be a book in and of itself. Things you wish your family would know, but, you know, you're too afraid to tell them right now. So that kind of sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. So you have that filled out. You mentioned the five wishes. I do. I'm so curious. What are the other four? I mean, now I have to know. (laughs) The other four are essentially covering the, the basics, CPR. So do you want CPR, correct. tube feeding, dialysis, correct. blood products, that kind correct. of stuff? But it does take it a little bit further. It feels a little bit more, for lack of a better term, it feels a little bit more touchy-feely. It's a little less sort of medical and sterile feeling as far as a form goes. But that's good because you want, this Absolutely. is a conversation you want to mm-hmm. have. And you've both brought up a really good point. Kathleen, you've said it as well. It's not just about the form. It's about the discussion. Right. And it's about thinking through this process so that you can come to a conclusion that feels right for you. Right. Exactly. When you're not under so much stress and in that crisis mode and thinking, I just want them to stay alive. I want, you know, to make to make them better. And if, if you're making these decisions when everybody's in a relaxed atmosphere, it's not a comfortable discussion. Who wants to discuss about dying? But it's a topic that, like you said, it's going to happen. So have it now while you're healthy and can make these decisions together. Well, and you mentioned the stress part of it. Right. And if you don't make these decisions and you leave it to someone else to make them for you, they're in the height of the emotional moment. Right. And I've seen families struggle with this. And very often the person who doesn't want to say goodbye is not the person who's passing on. It's everyone else around them. Exactly. They're not ready yet. And yet the individual involved is ready, is there. Let them go peacefully, comfortably, like we would all want. And, you know, we're not always going to be 29 forever, unfortunately, (laughs) although I'd like to say that I could be, but that year has passed me by just a few (laughs) years ago. Final message. Kathleen? Oh, final message. Um, Advanced care planning is an important process and and, – do and, it. Just like yeah, your colon screening yeah, I mentioned earlier. Exactly. Just like just, your cholesterol check. Get there you it go. There you go. It's all part of a normal screening process and just add it to the list of things you have to take care of. And don't be scared. Kristen? Start talking about it. Just start talking about it. It's the have best the conversation. Yeah, it shouldn't be so taboo. It shouldn't be so off limits. Just start talking about it. Find out like from your mom what she wants. It might not be what you think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. You never know. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for being with us on the show today, and I appreciate all your help. Now, uh, Kathleen Philbeck, you're with the Ohana Medical Group, and you're going to be offering advanced care planning at your clinic. How do people get in touch with you? 380-3980. All right. That's a phone number to call. Yeah. We also heard from Jeanette from org, 
And Kristen, you're also helping out with being the advanced care planning facilitator. So together, we can really all make sure that people have their wishes known. I want to thank both of you for sharing your expertise with us today on the show. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having us. Thanks for coming on. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on Facebook. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk some more about preventing heart disease for Valentine's Day. Monday at 5 on The Body Show. See you then.